Come stay and play at Live Casino and Hotel. Welcome to one of the biggest casinos in the country with luxurious clean rooms, upscale dining, and the grandest payouts. Now offering stay and play and all in packages, including $50 free slot play, VIP parking, VIP casino access, and more. Book now at livecasino.com or call 443-445-2929. At Arundel Mills, must be 21, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgambling.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound, not just here or here, but everywhere. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade, never stop arriving. Thanks for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Uncle Sam Soccer Podcast 2019. Here we go. I'm Stephen Jodder, and joining me, as always, are Makafai and Jake Watroba. Things are a little bit different for today's episode. We got a couple of announcements as well as a lineup change. Boys, Armand, Jake, Happy New Year. Did you guys enjoy a little break from the soccer craze? It was nice to get away from you guys and not talk to you guys at all. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, though, like, did we really get away from the soccer craze? I did. There was just news breaking left and right. I took a seven-day Twitter break. but like, You, you guys know. took breaks from Twitter for, like, two weeks, though, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I took, a, I took a week break, yeah. I would say that was the best decision I've made in a long time. All you Top listeners five. out there, continue listening to the podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Unc Sam Soccer Pod. But if you need to take a break from Twitter, highly recommend it. One week, delete the app. Just... Go read a book or something. I mean, for me, I mean, just getting away from the hoopla, I, I think, is yeah. really nice. And I, I don't know, but I mean, I don't think any news broke when. Uh, That's I was a lie. Twitter, so, okay, what news broke? Christian Pulsick. Uh, I think I was on Twitter when that happened. Okay. But, Anyway, listeners, as I said, we have a couple announcements. First, you know the podcast is on any major podcast platform. So go ahead and subscribe to our show. Give us five-star rating. We don't have a paywall, so any five-star rating means a lot to us. Or anybody who hits the subscribe button, it means a lot to us. Secondly, like I said, follow us on Twitter, UncSamSoccerPod, at Armankafai, at Jake Watroba, at Steven Jodderend. Send us all your mail, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And uh, we're going to start doing some new things. Rather than dumping one big episode on Monday morning, you're going to get snippets Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and then the big show on Friday. So pay attention to that. And for this week's focus is all about Christian Pulisic's signing for Chelsea. So let's get to today's episode. All right, boys. So for segment one, we got a special guest joining us. He's not on the line just yet, but Brandon Busby, host of London is Blue podcast. We're going to have him on talking about what exactly does Christian Pulisic mean to Chelsea Football Club. But 
Jake, I want to begin with you. You're the Chelsea fan of the show. When you saw the official announcement by Chelsea Football Club that Christian Pulisic was going to the club, the American, you know, this big name, massive, what a whopper of a transfer free, 73 mil. What, what was going on through your head? Like the move? Didn't think the move was good? What were we thinking? I mean, naturally, as an American, I'm pretty stoked that uh, Chelsea, my, my Premier League club, signed him. Uh, I, I mean, I think in if, if we were to take a step back here and let's just say, you know, from like uh, an outsider's perspective, I guess, or as a, as a fan of a different Premier League club, I guess I would look at it and probably say Chelsea overpaid for him. Um, is he really... You know, is he really worth that seventy-three million dollar price tag? And like, like you've kind of um, have alluded to over the last, a couple, the last week uh, or so, and <clears throat> you know, it, it does. Is he a starter at Chelsea, or is he more of a bench, a bench player, rotational player? So, uh, I mean, it, as a Chelsea fan, I'm definitely excited. I, I definitely want to see him prosper and, and, and develop more with the club, and you know, definitely become one of the uh, turn into like a world-class player at, at one of the biggest clubs in the world. Right. Armand, here's some facts for you. Pulisic's fee was the 27th most expensive in the history of the sport. Pulisic is the third most expensive player aged 20 or younger behind Mbappe and former Borussia Dortmund teammate Dembele. Third biggest transfer in Chelsea history. Christian Pulisic also becomes Chelsea's 41st player out on loan because he's not joining till the summer. Well, the crazy thing is, with a fee of, what, $73 million, uh, I think, first of all, we should marvel that an American player developed in America, who went to Dortmund at, what, 17, is being uh, is worth that much money. I think we should all marvel at that fee. But at the same time, it's really interesting because a lot of debate between, I guess, people in the media and fans is will Christian Pulisic play and you know like fast go backwards what like five years and someone with a fee around 73 74 75 million you expect them to play off the get-go both the inflation of the transfer market and how big uh, just these fees have gotten it's not a guarantee and I think that's the most fascinating thing about this whole deal we're not sure how Christian Pulisic is going to be at what 73 million dollars I, th- I would say, what, five, six years ago, we look at Christian Pulisic, $73 million. That's a massive transfer. He's going to play. This is amazing for American soccer. But now I feel like there's more skeptics than ever. And I find that very – and I find that as a result of you know the inflation in the transfer market. So is it fair to compare Pulisic's fee to other Americans? I would, but you, you have to be careful because I feel like there, there's like more of an inflation now than we've ever seen before with the influx of money involved in soccer, I mean, I don't know if you can really compare it to Josie Alcador when he went to, I think, Villarreal in uh, uh, La Liga. I think it's kind of tough to compare it to him. That was in 2008 for yeah. $9.5 million. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of tough to compare it to that as well. Because, I mean, that would probably that that would probably go up a little bit as well. It, what about, it's tough to even compare transfer fees in general. No, you're right. Money. You guys roasted it's, me for trying to do that. Yeah. And John Brooks in 2017, age 24, went from Hertha Berlin to Wolfsburg for just under $20 million. I mean, I guess it's the most comparable one you could find out there. 
But I mean, but I mean, then you gotta. He's not. He's not Pulisic. He's not Pulisic stardom. And well, not, not even that. It's a defender versus an attacking winger, center midfielder. Completely different prices per position changes. I mean, look at the prices that Liverpool played uh, paid for Allison. I mean, it's an absurd amount for well, a goalkeeper. Well, let me let me kind of jump in here real quick and just uh, say that. I think what we also need to look at is the fact that Christian Pulisic went to a Premier League club versus uh, a Serie A club or a La Liga club or a, a, a club in Ligue 1. Uh, tra- you know, the Premier League, teams in the Premier League, because of the all the money that is associated with that league, probably have to pay you know, they're, they're, a they're premium, paying they're pay- a, a premium, premium or a, t- a tax, if you will, I guess, you know, on, on players coming into the league versus you know, a Barcelona or a Real Madrid or PSG might might have to pay. I I don't know. Would, would you agree, Armand, on that? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, with the media rights deal, I and mean, also, I mean, we 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 t- we tend to see teams like Chelsea who have overpaid for players in the past. I and mean, what um, the their goalkeeper, his name is evading me right now. Uh, Jay Hummel. Call him Keppa. I don't. Keppa, I can't say Keppa, his last name. Keppa, I just call Keppa. Keppa. I mean, is was Keppa really worth that much money? If you think about it. I don't think his value is that much, but because, but because I think was that Bill Bow stood really firm and forced him to pay the uh, release clause. I'm not sure what if it was Bill Bow's team, uh, forced him to pay the release clause. The price went up. I think you're right, Jake. There is a tad of a premium, but also I think the other sides of things, such as him being an American, and you know, the number one thing we always talk about marketing also play I think a, a little bit of a role in that fee as well. You know what's really interesting? I wonder anybody out there on Twitter, you might want to do this, if there's a way to compare transfer fees from past years. The problem is we tried comparing John Brooks to Christian Pulisic, and that's a two-year difference. But in that two years, Neymar moved, Mbappe moved. The absurd amount of money has been thrown out. So it's really hard to really put these players in a position and compare their prices and their meaning and their value because Christian Pulik $73 million, that's what he was valued at Chelsea. What about Arsenal? Maybe Arsenal had a value of $63 million. Maybe Liverpool was like, oh, he has a value of $80 million. It Maybe Chelsea's, you know, Dortmund were in agreement. Anybody who's actually seen how transfer fees and how clubs communicate with each other, it's a lot more complicated than what you get in FIFA. Yeah, I mean, of course, and it's it's tough to again go like compare transfer fees because you have to look at the relative situation. All of it's relative, you know. It's you know, for example, I mean, if you look at what England, uh, you're gonna pay more for an English player because you know they fit the homegrown requirements and uh, they're they're a domestic player, so that won't count against your uh, uh, your homegrown uh, the lack of homegrowns that you have. So there's always different. Scenarios. I mean, it's not like we have an inflation index that we can just compare. I'm like, oh, it's changed over years. Is what happened. I mean, I'd probably say that Neymar transfer was one of the ones that really triggered this whole uh, changes and you know pricing. I mean, also you have to realize the influx of money from the ownership groups. So, I mean, back to Pulisic. The, the crazy thing is, we don't know if he's gonna be you know a, a, a true starter on this team. And the fact of the matter is, if we go back to what he was doing at Dortmund, look. He was backing up Jordan Sancho. He wasn't starting. 
He was getting minutes on the bench. He was outplayed by outplayed by Sancho. So I think we we lose track of that as well. Um, and I think it's great business by Dortmund to get seventy three million for a guy that's, you know, he's not getting in the uh, he's not playing consistently uh, in terms of starting week in and week out. Joining us now on the show is the host of the London is Blue podcast. He is Brandon Busby. You can follow Brandon on Twitter at bbusby and the podcast at London Blue Pod. Brandon, how you doing today? Doing really well, guys. Thanks for having me on. And listeners, Brandon is actually in London. So, how's London treating you? It was great. You know, we we came over uh, about a week ago. We got news that you know Pulisic might be signing, so we had to go show up and make sure we got the deal across the line and make sure nothing happened. So, uh, no, I, in all <laughs> just, it's uh, it's been the perfect timing to be here and kind of have that news break. It was it was it was amazing. Uh, absolutely, Brandon. And you were in England. What was the perception, you know, of the Pulisic signing from Chelsea fans? If, if you talked to any of them. Oh yeah. So we. Uh, we have a, I mean, that's all we've been talking about, honestly, the last, you know, four days or whatever uh, with our, you know, with a lot of our friends over here. Um, so obviously, if you're American, ton of excitement, ton of hype, a lot of positive momentum behind it. Our UK based friends are a lot more split over it, to be honest. Um, I would say that uh, some of their, their precautions are really, they're like, oh, well, last time I saw them play against England. Okay, well, yeah, we lost three nothing, and you know we didn't have a head coach and a lot of other things. Um, so they're going off a, an extremely small sample size. Or the other thing we hear a lot is um, that oh, you know, he, he's still unproven, or you know, we'll see. They're just kind of have that doubt in their mind. I'm like, guys, this isn't Matt Miazga. It's you know, it's a different situation. Um, let's let's give him some time to do it. But I would say credit to the journalists over here. Uh, they see this as an extremely positive signing. If anything, they think Chelsea may be paid more than what they should have, but that, you know, who cares? You know, it's not our money to be spending. Um, but the journalists think that, you know, this is kind of back to that era where Chelsea are signing young, up-and-coming, creative, attacking players. Um, and who doesn't love that? No, it's really interesting. Does Matt Miazga leave a, a sour taste for Chelsea fans? It's not a sour taste. <laughs> it's uh it's more of like, wow, we did it for an agent. It was a favor is the way they look at it. They, they never really were like, oh, yeah, Matt Miazga is coming in to challenge John Terry and Gary Cahill three years ago. Um, it, he, was just one, he, he was just looked at as another one to go into the loan army. Uh, I think this is a, a good point to talk about Chelsea's recent history with uh, young players. Um, Brent, I'm sure you've heard U.S. soccer fans are worried that – Pulisic will be relegated to the bench or even uh, loaned out now that he's uh, has signed with Chelsea. Obviously, he is loaned out to Borussia Dortmund right now. Um, but why is the Pulisic signing different than, say, a, a Michi Batshuayi signing or a Kevin De Bruyne or even a, a Mo Salah? Uh, well, I mean, all of those guys came from smaller clubs. I mean, Borussia Dortmund is established in the Champions League. Uh, he's, you know, been playing in Champions League for a couple of years. He has, uh, you know, solid numbers playing against big teams in Europe, playing against big teams in Germany. And I think the biggest thing for us is, you know, Salah was a bit of a surprise if we're being honest with ourselves. De Bruyne, you know, he came from Genk in, in Belgium and we didn't know much about him. Even Michi, he had one good season in France. 
you know, Christian has easily two, three solid years, um, you know, a body work to go off of. And the other big thing is that, uh, you know, he is <laughs> carrying a lot of weight on the U.S. men's national team as well. And that's no small burden. And there are a lot of eyes and cameras and interviews being pushed his way. And the way he deals with himself is so much kind of maturity. And he knows what to say. And, you know, he's focused on the results, not getting caught up in the limelight. I think a, a lot of that just kind of goes into, you know, why he's different than those than those players. Is there a bit of a, like, you know, concern, you know, kind of, like, I guess, maybe a little bit of a recency bias, you know, since Pulisic has kind of been uh, more on the bench uh, with the uh, rise of Jaden Sancho, uh, especially. Is, is, there, is, there more of a, is there more of a concern, though, hey, you know, he's not uh, starting week in and week out, and uh, the, the transfer fee of $73 million, you know, it, it, seem, it seems quite a bit for a guy. But like you said, I mean, it's not our money, uh, so we shouldn't be that concerned about it. But is there a little concern, you know, amongst Chelsea fans in general that, hey, look, like, we paid for a guy that's not even uh, – pay that much for a guy that's – not starting week in and week out. Yeah, that's another hot talking point right now. Like, oh, one of our young players, Jaden Sancho, put him out the team. And this is not exactly true. Um, he has told uh, Dortmund since the beginning of the season, is what's been reported, that he wasn't going to sign his contract. So they've essentially been behind the scenes trying to figure out what they're going to do. Uh, the, the rumor is that Chelsea and Dortmund had had this deal confirmed and wrapped up in late fall. They just were going to wait until the transfer window opened to announce it. So I think a lot of that has to do with it. I believe you guys probably know better than I do that he had a bit of an injury earlier in the season as well. Um, so to me, I think of a club, you know, they have a bit of a contract rebel. Uh, it, it's an easy excuse to play someone else, you know, to put pressure on that player. But, you know, he again, this isn't his first season breaking through like it is Jaden Sancho's. He's got three seasons, uh, you know, to go on as a record of of his reliability. Yeah, I I personally have this weird feeling that Pulisic is is not underrated, but I have a weird feeling that he could easily turn around and be a De Bruyne or a Salah. I saw quotes that Pulisic he likes Chelsea's style, he likes the coaching, he likes their way, but I personally don't see him fit that style. To me, Pulisic was either more of a Liverpool type player or even an Arsenal, where it's a little bit more of that tiki taka play that Arsenal's so famous for and my feeling is because he's only 20 I don't know what he's going to do in the next four years if it's not the results that Chelsea expect he mm -hmm. might get sold off to another big club in Europe and then you know by the time he's 28 Chelsea fans are going to be like why did we do this again where we sold him off that's just me maybe I'm just too cynical in general but I have a weird feeling from the get-go that Pulisic was a the price was always too high when the earlier reports were coming out with Liverpool and Chelsea. I was like, oh my God, these the expectations and all the Americans here putting expectations on Pulisic of being this, you know, world-class player. Sure. You know, look, he there's no guarantees that he starts or plays. I mean, that, that goes for pretty much every player at Chelsea. Um, you know, this to me is a is a bit of the a bit of the end for William, I believe. I think he'll be the one that will leave this summer. I think Pedro will stay because we can get more for William. And so if you look at it that way, um, that's what they're looking to do with him, essentially, is get him his opportunity to play as, as quickly as possible. I think waiting till the summer so he gets a full preseason is really smart instead of trying to bring him in midseason of a coach's, coach's 
our manager's first season. Um, he, the good news, if you're worried about the style of play, is that uh, Maurizio Sarri uh, is, is changing Chelsea into a tiki-taka, pass-heavy uh, team. Uh, we're you know, recording between 700 and 1,000 passes a game, and that's also a massive point of contention among Chelsea fans right now is there's a lot of passing and no end product. But I think that Christian is going to have the chance to come in. Uh, you know, he was bought to make an impact to the team. My understanding is that he was purchased irregardless of who, who if Maurizio Sarri was a manager or not. He was a target for the club, you know, when Conte was there. They were wanting to sign him last year, uh, the year and then this past summer as well. It just didn't happen because we didn't have a manager at that point. So uh, the club hierarchy uh, favor him big time. And that will help him, especially when the you know the managers feel pressure from the the owner and the hierarchy to play him. He will get his chances, and it's up to him to take him and run with it. Because uh, you know everyone knows that Chelsea, there's no there's no time for patience. You either are successful or you're out the door. Um, but Christian's got a ton of talent. I'm really excited to see him um, go out there, do what we know he can do. And I think he'll really surprise the local fans here with just how exciting and attacking he can be. Brandon, do you think this signing happened in the winter, uh, due to, I, I heard Grant Wall talk about this on a podcast, uh, earlier this week that Chelsea's facing a transfer ban this summer. Do you think that's the reason why this got done now and not in June or July? No, I mean, when Barcelona got their transfer ban, everyone always appeals it when it happens in the summer. So then the ban starts in the winter. Um, I don't think that that's an issue. Also, Chelsea haven't been charged with anything. So we don't know if that is or isn't going to happen. But look, every, Barcelona, Real Madrid, and everyone else that gets those transfer bans, they appeal them so that the process delays until the window's done. They can get their business done, and then it kicks into the winter. So I just I don't buy that. Also... I think it got done in the winter from what's being reported on the Chelsea side is because United also had massive interest in him, but they couldn't convince him to go there when they didn't know who the manager was going to be. So instead of Chelsea getting into a bidding war with United and, you know, other teams across Europe, they just paid an extra, you know, 10 million or whatever and got it done now. Brandon, I mean, on Twitter, at least, uh, I saw that one sorry quote where it talked about, oh, I know Pulisic was uh, not, I know about the deal yesterday, blah, 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 all that stuff. Uh, do you think that that was just, uh, that's, it, do you think uh, people are just making too much out of that uh, comment yeah. that sorry had? Yeah, happy, happy to talk about that. In my perspective, um, what they said is Maritza was like, hey, the club came to me a month ago, said, we're looking at Christian Pulisic. We're in negotiations. What do you think of him as a player? Again, before this, they almost signed him in the summer. The cl- he's a club target for what you know. The club identify him as a young, up-and-coming, attacking player. They want as many of them as they can get. So they came to Sorry said, "Hey, we're looking at signing this kid. What do you think?" He said, "Looks good to me." All right, they got the green light from the manager. They went and did the business. He knew it wasn't going to affect him, and essentially, the club didn't need to say, "Oh, hey." We got it done. He had already greenlit it, and it was up to the club to do the negotiation, get the contract and the details down. And he said that. I do think it's a bit of a, you know, people from the outside kind of trying to to stir up controversy where it doesn't exist. Yeah, Brennan, as a Chelsea fan, I kind of saw that as, you know, Maurizio Sarri's first language is in English either. So I think there was a little bit of uh, 
I don't know if lost in translation is a good way to put it, but um, I didn't really see those that that quote or that comment as concerning as some people might uh, might have found it. But uh, last question here before we let you go: um, Can Sari and Chelsea get more out of Pulisic than Borussia Dortmund did? It's a great question. They got some amazing performances out of him. I mean, Borussia Dortmund put Pulisic on the world stage, made him a bit of a, a household name. You know, it definitely helped him in the United States. But the fact that people around Europe know him is because of what he's done in Germany at Dortmund. Now, it is now Chelsea. They saw the potential. They paid the money for him. That is on them to get the best out of him, just like it is their job to get the best out of all their, their players. So they need to play him in the right position. They need to put him in a, in a team that is set up tactically to get the best out of him. And we'll see how that goes. But uh, while I'm wa- excited that he is at my, my favorite club, I also am cautious in the sense that a lot still needs to happen <laughs> for him to become you know, one of the very best at what he does in the world. And uh, I'm really, really hoping that uh, things click. He hits the ground running at Chelsea. And we're all just looking back at this in, you know, three, six, 12 months time saying, what a brilliant piece of business this was for Chelsea. And not only him, because as you can imagine, I'm, you know, kind of straddling the fence here with my United States fandom and my Chelsea fandom and saying, man, I really hope Chelsea don't screw him and <laughs> ruin his career because uh, yeah. that would be the worst thing for me. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how I see it at this point is it's an opportunity for Chelsea to uh, help him get to the next level, which is exactly what he wants. No, I mean, I think you, you speak for a lot. But I know Jake said last question, but the expectation, I, I was just going to ask you, what's the expectation around Pulisic, though? In your eyes, do you think he can become a Premier League uh, giant as in in the next couple of years? We'll be like Pulisic is, you know, at the end of the season, one of the starting 11 when they put the uh, team of of the season together. So from a Chelsea fan's perspective, so the guys and I have been talking a lot about this this week. We really think that if William or Pedro will go this summer, and I think what a perfect situation for a young guy to come into he has a seasoned veteran where either A, if it's William, someone who is, you know, played at the very highest level for a long time, they can teach him some stuff, isn't in complete favor, right? Like he could still come in, get minutes, even still a, steal a starting spot. Or Pedro, who has won literally everything under the sun, um, he will get to learn from them while still getting a lot of chances uh, to get in there. So honestly, I think that the expectations are you pay that much, just like, that he should be starting and you know they have the same expectations for um for uh geez uh Murata right now the fans are upset with him we paid way too much money for him and he hasn't delivered on that um it'd be the same for christian unfortunately if if he didn't deliver whatever it is the the fans think that you know he needs to deliver well, Brandon, thank you so much for joining us on the pod today. I remember Brandon is the host of London is Blue podcast. Uh, go ahead and plug, you know, the podcast and your Twitter name. It's a shameless plug. So plug everything where you can find you and the pod at. Absolutely. Look, we're four Americans. Uh, we're split all over the country. 
We record every single week after, and it covers everything Chelsea FC. Uh, we've actually had the absolute pleasure to interview uh, players such as David Luiz, William Azpilicueta, and recently Ruben Loftus-Cheek, as well as Ali Riley, uh, an American playing for New Zealand. So uh, I, I can promise you that we are legit and that it is a fun time. We really enjoy uh, just talking and having a good time about our beloved Chelsea. So again, at London Blue Pod on all social media, uh, and you can check us out there. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Brandon. Have a good one, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks again to Brandon for joining us. Boys, last minute here. Expectations at Chelsea Football Club for Christian Pulisic, who is on loan at Dortmund till the end of the season. Is he going to do a Salah De Bruyne type of thing, or is he going to be an Eden Hazard type where he becomes a staple of the club and move the direction, uh, move the club into a new direction? Is it possible that he won't be a, like a star, but he'll be a consistent starter week in and week out and play pretty good, but not worth that $73 million price tag? That's possible. My, that's, that's, my, that's my take. All right. That's a good. That's that's a good point because yeah, I feel like it's with a lot of people. It's either Christian Pulisic is going to be part of the Chelsea loan army for the next five forever. Or he's going to be like amazing. Or he's or he's gonna yeah, he's gonna be Gareth Bale and get sold on to Real Madrid in three years or something like that. You know, or he's gonna be gonna be the heir apparent to Eden Hazard. Like why can't why can't Christian Pulisic just be a consistent starter on the right side of the. Uh, at, at the winger position for the next several years for Chelsea, and you know maybe he's not Mo Salah or Kevin De Bruyne, something like that, but maybe he's just he's just consistently you know just a a good first team player. I I mean I think consistency is a really underrated like attribute. No, um, you're, you're right. Consistency huge. You're no, you're right, and just not being injured. I mean Bill Belichick. And the Patriots have this mantra of a player that's available is a lot better than a player that's unavailable, regardless of their talent. So, yeah, it might, it might be a cold take, to, or not really a hot take to say like, hey, like I think Pulisic, it might be just a consistent starter week in and week out. But like, I, if you're an American fan, you have to be ecstatic. If that's the case. Come on, guys! Like, marketing is really, huge. Are you really going to be bitching about one of the top players in America? Playing uh, for Chelsea week in and week out because he's not like a star or something. Like he's better than everyone else. And like, come on, man. Like uh, that's just my thought, man. I, I I think I think we're more likely going to see a, a consistent starter week in and week out that won't be worth that seventy-three million dollar price tag. But like Brandon said, I mean, it, it doesn't matter in terms of like us because it's not our money. So follow us on Twitter on Sam Soccer Pod at Stephen Jodron at Jake Watroba at Markify. Come back for. Part two tomorrow, we talk about solidary payments. My local coffee shop is my Penn State World Campus classroom, giving me the full Penn State experience online. It's home to thousands of students working together with faculty to advance our careers, change our careers, or finally earn our degree. My classroom is just like every Penn State classroom because it's getting me to where I want to be. Click on the ad or visit worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. 
The in-dash OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving.